What's up, what's up, what's up, bitches? Welcome back to the Be That Bitch podcast with your HBIC, Allie Griffith. I'm so excited to have y'all back here this week is going to be insanity and moving forward for the next couple months because it is officially summer break for my children, which means I no longer am in charge. They are in charge because honestly, as long as they're not fighting or crying or bitching or complaining, I feel like I'm winning. And so, you know, summer is definitely the kids that are in charge (laughs) and it's insanity. So if the podcasts are a little bit more inconsistent, please don't at me. I'm doing the best I can. Y'all know that this is just for fun. Um, But I'm really excited for today's episode because we are doing Ask That Bitch. So over on IG, I asked if y'all had any questions you wanted me to answer or anything y'all needed help with. And that's what I'm going to be doing this podcast. So it might be short and sweet. It might be the longest podcast y'all have ever listened to. Who really knows? But we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants because I reckon... Those are always my like best podcasts, the ones where I don't really fucking have an idea of what I'm going to say. And it just kind of all flows. It just flows. And I am like on cloud nine. Y'all, there is nothing better than like just having everything just kind of feeling good. Um, After my 10K uh, last week, two weeks ago, I don't fucking know. I was ready to like quit running. I literally... <laughs> I literally texted my running coach and I was like, fuck you. Fuck this. I'm done. I didn't say fuck you, but that's basically what I meant. Like I was just over it. I was like, I'm never running again. You might as well just lose my number. And yesterday I went out and crushed five miles at a 1020 pace. And I was like, you remember when I said, fuck this and I'm never running again. I take that back. <laughs> it literally just takes one good run to like just change your whole attitude. And I feel like I'm just winning at life this week. I feel like I've been so fucking stagnant and just my health journey and my fitness journey and everything like that. And like this last two weeks, I feel like I'm really just ramping up and I'm really excited about that. And so, you know, if you're in like this just stagnant plateau area, girl, I feel you. It's fucking sucks. But the only way to get over it is to keep working through it. Does that make sense? Right? Like the only way to get Uh, You know what I mean. You know what I mean. But anyways, um, what are we going to talk about this morning um, intro wise? Okay, so a lot of you guys joined Bad Bitch Book Chat, which I am so fucking excited. So if you're new here, y'all know I am not only obsessed with fitness and personal growth and mindset, but I am also equally as obsessed with spicy romance books. Like literally, it's my love language. If I find somebody in Barnes & Noble in the romance section... I usually avoid people like the plague. I will actually talk to you. I will actually, <laughs> I will actually talk to you because I could talk about spicy books all day long. And so the podcast, we have Bad Bitch Book Chat, which is over on Patreon. It's $5 a month. You get access to an Instagram chat thread with us. Each month I get authors on to come talk about their books with us. So last, well, earlier this month we had Sarah Kate Next week, we have Kat Singleton. Um, Next month, we're going to have QB Tyler. Like, we just have a fucking, like, 
badass roster. And so there was like a lot of you guys that joined this last week. And I'm so fucking excited because I get to meet you guys and we get to talk and we just get to know each other on like that kind of level. And y'all know it just makes me the happiest ever. And so if you also are obsessed with romance books or you want to get into them, come join us over on Bad Bitch Book Chat. This is like a shameless plug. Maybe like this is an ad. It's really not an ad. I just love having friends over there. Um, Y'all know I don't do ads on this podcast. But anyways, it's in the show notes if you want to join. But my top reads of the week. Y'all, I'm not going to lie. It's been a pretty uh, slow reading month for me. I have only read like eight books. And y'all know me. I'm usually at like 15, 20 books by now. Like I read ridiculously fast. I read a ridiculous amount of books, but this month has been really slow for me because work has been crazy and of school has been crazy. And I haven't really read anything like super noteworthy this week. Um, But I will say, okay, so y'all are going to fucking judge me for this, but it's fine. Like I get people that judge me all the time. Um, my favorite trope is taboo romance. Like I love a good taboo romance. I always say it's the boring housewife in me that just likes to spice up life and like live vicariously through these people because I seriously have like the most boring life ever. I never, (laughs) I never leave my house. Uh, my drama consists of fictional characters drama. Like that's all I have to talk about. Um, and so I love a good taboo romance where they have to like sneak around. They have the element of just like, this is forbidden but it's fun and we're gonna like find love against all odds type shit like I love a good steps step sibling romance y'all are gonna judge the fuck out of me but it's fine um I love a good step sibling romance I love a good age gap I love a good like teacher student as long as everybody is of the age of consent and everybody is like down to play like there is no rules. Um, and so I found Kay Webster is like an Insta author for me. I'm absolutely obsessed with her. She writes like some of the best taboo shit ever. Um, and then also QB Tyler is an instant author for me also writes like some of the best taboo shit ever, but I found Kay Webster has these like 13 books called taboo treats and they're all super, super short. It's like a hundred to 200 pages, which super short and oh my lanta, they spicy y'all like, oh, they spicy. So I read Renner's rule and y'all, oh my lanta. Oh my gosh. It's serious. So good. Um, dad's best friend, but, um, make it to where, <laughs> make it to where you have to go stay with him and finish out school. What? And he's also the the principal of that school. Oh, what? Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. If you liked Boo Romance, go read it. It was literally so good. It was like a 200 page, very quick read. I read it in like the span of nap time. Okay, and then also last one, Breathe for Me by Brittany Ann. Y'all, when I tell you, if you love Yellowstone, if you are a rip girly like me through and through, you love them broody, you love them assholey, <laughs> you love the fact that they will like protect what's theirs by all costs and they will kill anybody that stands in their way, you will love this book. It's literally Yellowstone in book form. It follows Denver and Valerie. Denver is 
the ranch owner after his dad passed away and he has to defend his ranch, right? He has to defend it against the pipeline people and all that stuff. He's killed some motherfuckers. Um, so it's a dark cowboy romance. And y'all, when I tell you, like, it has me wanting to save a horse ride a cowboy all day. You hear me? You hear me? Okay. <laughs> so those are my two top reads. Um, okay. So I feel like now that we've officially made it awkward, if you don't like romance, uh, let's go ahead and get into the personal development and questions of the, you guys know, I feel like, you know, at this point that this podcast is like an everything goes type situation because it really is just for fun. So makes you feel, makes you feel some type of way. Just skip the intro because after this, we're getting into growth and mindset, you know, we, we got to start off lot and airy before I start reaming y'all's asses, right? All right, let's go to it. Alrighty, y'all, let's get into Q&A and ask that bitch. I'm so excited, y'all. I am literally just going to go straight from my Instagram questions that y'all asked. And we're just gonna like shoot the shit for the next 25, 30 minutes or however long this takes. Um, they are not going to be in any specific order. It's literally just gonna be as y'all ask them. So the first one, wearing shorts with the liner and not spandex, doesn't it drive you nuts, your thighs rub together? So I'm assuming you're asking because I don't wear like box shorts under my shorts. Does it drive me nuts that my thighs rub together? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It doesn't drive me nuts at all. Um, it feels like, I, I don't know, like I'm used to my thighs rubbing together, but I do use anti-chafing. So y'all, if you have thick thighs like me and it's summer and it's humid, we do not need that friction in our life. So get some you know, anti-chafing stick. I use Body Glide. Um, you can buy it at Walmart. You can buy it at Target. It's on my Amazon storefront. And, you know, all my running must-haves are on my Amazon storefront. But no, it doesn't bother me. As long as you use a good anti-chafe stick, your thighs won't bleed. They won't, you know, get like super raw. It just, you have to, you have to be religious with that. I usually don't have to reapply anymore, but I will say when I was bigger, so I started running when I was like 270 pounds. When I was bigger, I did wear box shorts under my regular shorts because no matter how much I used, it did like end up rubbing raw after 45 minutes because they were so much bigger and it was just uncomfortable. But as I lost weight, I've slowly gotten rid of them and I don't wear them. I'll do like a 10 mile run and, you know, just use Body Glide once and my thighs are fine. They haven't bled at all. Y'all, I'm going to be the mama y'all ain't never had for a minute because no one told me this growing up. You got to protect the thighs. I used to walk around all summer with my legs like spread open, like waddling like a fucking penguin because nobody taught me about an anti-chafe stick. Nobody taught me about something to put between your thighs to protect them. So all of my legs were raw. I literally, I kid you fucking not, I have scars in between between my legs from summers and pool days and all that stuff of not taking care of them. Please take care of your legs. Please put an anti-chafe stick on y'all. I literally never leave my house without it. I have one in my car. I have one in my purse. I have them all over. One about my treadmill. One, I literally have them all over because I never want to be without them because I don't want to deal with the pain of having chafe thighs because there's nothing fucking worse and there's nothing that makes you not want to work out more than getting chafe thighs. So if you're gonna ditch the box shorts, make sure that you do use an 
anti-chafe stick. Um, because I personally don't like bike shorts under my shorts. Like, or I don't even like running in bike shorts. I'm weird, y'all. I'm so weird. And y'all are going to think I'm the weirdest for this, but it's fine. Um, I don't... This is probably a really vain thing too, but I just don't like how I look and I don't like how I feel in bike shorts and sneakers. I know that's like the fucking weirdest thing ever, but I feel like it accentuates how ginormous my thighs are. And I've always been so insecure about my thighs and how big they are. And so I've always like, I never wear like full length leggings with sneakers because I feel like it makes my thighs look bigger and my feet look bigger. And I've always been self-conscious about how big my feet are. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm learning and trying really hard to embrace my legs and love how big and strong my thighs are, but it's a work in progress as always. And so I've never just ran in bike shorts because again, I feel like it accentuates how ginormous my thighs are. And I don't need anything accentuating that thunder and lightning are huge. And when they run, they like to roar. Um, okay, that was really a long-winded answer to say, no, it does not drive me nuts. I'm used to it by now. And I wear really short shorts when I run. They're like, I don't know. I feel like five inches probably. And so they're already short and they're in my crotch. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, next question. Would love to hear more about pre-workout supplements, etc. I've never used slash needed them. Jesus, if you have never used pre-workout, you have never touched heaven. Like literally pre-workout is the best fucking thing in the entire world. I use body supplements. Um, y'all know I am partnered with body. This is not like plugging, but this is just personally what I use. Um, I use it because it's an all natural, like plant-based pre-workout with the caffeine deriving from green tea there. The thing about supplements is a lot of them are not FDA approved. You can't really get a supplement FDA approved. And so people really can put any fucking thing into supplements nowadays. And so if you're going to start taking a supplement, you need to make sure one, it's back from a reputable company Two, that, you know, what's in it and you know that it's clean ingredients and it's not going to fuck you up. Y'all, I remember taking that C4 shit or C2 or whatever the fuck it is from GNC. And it literally felt like I snorted cocaine. Like I've never snorted cocaine, but I feel like that is the equivalent to snorting cocaine. Like that's not okay. You don't want a pre-workout that's going to give you jitters. It's going to give you a big crash. You just something that's going to give you really good, clean energy. And so I use something called Energize. I'll link it in the show notes if you guys want to check it out, like the website where I get all my supplements. Um, I've been using it for five years. I used it while I was pregnant. My doctor okayed it. I used it while I was breastfeeding. My doctor okayed it. It literally is the best. When I was pregnant, um, I only did one scoop because it is hundred milligrams and that's all the caffeine I could have. Now my big ass does two scoops because we lack us some caffeine and it just gives you really good clean energy. Sometimes it gives you little tingles and that's how I know it's working, but I'm pretty immune to like caffeine at this point. So I don't get tingles, but I do get a good clean burst of energy with no crash. Like that's what you want to make sure is when you're taking your pre-workout afterwards, does it make you crash? Because then it's not going to be fucking good because then you're going to be useless all day. So anyways, that's what I use for pre-workout. Um, I do do a superfood shake, which is high in protein, um, probiotics, prebiotics, digestive enzymes. It has a lot of good shit in it. Shakeology. Um, it'll also be in the link in the show notes. Those are the only two supplements I really use on like a daily basis. Um, like every single day on running days, I do take, um, like sodium, 
So it's like a hydration supplement for running. Y'all, if you're sweating and you're outside, you need to be taking sodium. You need to be doing a hydration supplement, especially during summer, because you're like depleting yourself of all of your like electrolytes and stuff like that. And there's nothing worse than, you know, being dehydrated on a run. So I always take like put a scoop of um, scratch into my like water bottle as I'm running with which has tons of sodium and stuff in there to replenish, you know, your electrolytes and to make sure that you are not going to get dehydrated. I am a heavy sweater, so I have to do more. And in the back of the packaging, it shows. I'll link that in the show notes also. I get it from Amazon, um, but it's so necessary. And then on long run days, I will do like a carb source. So I love... um, fuck, what's it called? Huma? I can't pronounce it. It's all on my Amazon storefront, but I, cause I get it all from Amazon. Um, but it tastes like applesauce, but it is a carb source. So if you are like running long distances, anything over 45 minutes for me, I take it. So it's usually anything like over four miles, I will take it. And it's just a good carb source. I am really picky about, what I use for running fuel because I don't like goose because the texture makes me want to vomit. I kid you not, like the texture is terrible. But Huma, it tastes like applesauce and it's also on my Amazon storefront. Um, But that's all I really use for supplements. I don't take a crazy amount of supplements. I don't do greens because I eat enough vegetables. I don't do anything else because honestly... I, I feel like people overkill it with like supplements. As long as you are making sure that you're getting the proper nutrients you need in, like you don't need to be taking a fuck ton of supplements. I have added one in recently, but it's not like I've been doing it long enough to tell you like this is something you 100% need to, but it does feel like it's been good. Um, It's the BLK, the fulvic mineral drops. It's for hydration. Um, And I really just started taking them for summertime because I do sweat more than a whore in church. So, you know, and it is what it is. Okay, number three. Wow, this is already super long winded, y'all. Um, wow. And we have a lot of questions. Okay. How to avoid overtraining when you have the mindset of working out or being active every single day. Oh, I love this one. So if y'all don't know, I made the commitment to myself, uh, a year and a half ago, something like that, that I was going to move my body every single day in 2022. Um, and so I wanted 365 days of movement. It was 30 minutes of movement every day for 365 days. Um, I have consistently moved my body 30 minutes a day, every day for 507 days so far. And honestly, I kept it going because I realized that I felt so fucking good that I didn't want to stop. Now, how do you avoid overtraining? One, honestly, y'all, you're unless you're going out and doing like really intense fucking workouts every single day, you're not going to overtrain. Like it takes a lot on your body to overtrain it. But also you just want to make the commitment to yourself that one day you're going to take it easy each week. So like every single week I choose a day where I take it easy. I'll go on a walk or I'll do yoga or I'll do a stretch and recovery. You just need to make sure you're planning in those recovery days. Having the mindset of I'm going to move my body every single day for 30 minutes a day is amazing. It's great. It's going to make sure you're intentional with taking care of yourself. It's going to make sure a bunch of things, but you also need to be intentional about recovery also. And that means that you 
Yes, I'm going to move my body every single day for 30 minutes a day, but that doesn't mean every day has to be a strenuous workout. That just means every day I am pressing play on my watch for 30 minutes to show up for myself because I love myself. Um, Because I just found that it really did help trickle into other things. And so how do you avoid overtraining? Honestly, it's just planning your week accordingly. What day is always going to be your recovery day? So for me, Saturdays are usually my recovery days. Yes, Saturdays I'll go on a walk. I'll do a stretch recovery. Um, and some weeks that changes, some weeks it's Sunday, some weeks it's Friday. It just depends on my week, but usually Saturdays are it. And it's like full on recovery. I'll just do a walk or just a stretch. Um, but sometimes like I'll do it a couple days a week. Like if I'm feeling extra fatigued, I'll listen to my body and say, you know what? I'm just not feeling it. I'm just going to do a walk. Like I'm just going to keep it super low and cool and collected. Um, Because I mean, of course, I've gotten sick over the last 500 days. I've been busy over the last 500 days. Like there's a lot of shit that's happened. But one thing is consistent and it's something I can control and y'all I'm a control freak and so I love having like something I can control and making sure I take care of myself is something I can control so just like don't be dumb about it like don't go out and fucking do a crossfit every every day seven days a week or don't go out and run five miles every day seven days a week like use your intuition but you know just know that it's just a thing to keep you consistent. Okay, next thing. What do you supplement and why and what brands? Um, We already answered supplements. I see you've had both Apple and Garmin. Which watch do you prefer? I prefer my Garmin 120%. I will never go back to Apple. Um, If you are a runner, you need to switch from an Apple watch. Like I'm just putting that out there, especially if you are trying to like crush running goals, go train for races, whatever the case may be. The analytics that Apple gives is nowhere near the analytics that Garmin gives. Like I can see, you know, I can create workouts. It'll tell me what my workouts are. I can see paces. I can see elevation. I can see my heart rate. I can see my cadence. Um, It'll tell me how much I walked versus how much I idled. And like Apple didn't tell me any of that. And like fuck Apple and their dead ass battery. Like I had to charge that bitch like halfway through the fucking day. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I only have to charge my Garmin once a week. Um, excuse me. Absolutely. We love that. I sleep with it on. Like I never take it off and I only have to charge it once a week. So if you are a runner, a Garmin is where it's at. If you are not a runner, honestly, Garmin won't do you any good because the other features kind of fucking suck. (laughs) I like do all of my workouts under cardio setting because I don't want to fuck with like doing the reps and stuff like that on the weight setting. So like if you're a runner, it's beneficial, especially if you're like a trail runner Even if you're a swimmer, they have really great swimming analytics. Um, But if you're not, then stick with what you have. All right, next. When you feel sick or whatever, how do you still muster up energy to work out? I just listen to my body. So when I'm sick, I'll say, what does it feel like I need? Like, what does my body feel like I need? And sometimes that means I just need a good stretch. I need to foam roll because my body's achy. Sometimes that means like I need some fresh air. I need a good walk. Like when I had COVID a couple, like I think like a year ago, I was in the midst of 75 hard. I was also in the midst of my 365 day of commitment of 
you know, working out. And so I literally asked myself, I'm like, what feels good right now? And I just went on walks, like super slow, super easy walks. And it just helped open everything up. I feel like we need to reframe our mindset around like when I'm feeling under the weather, I need to do absolutely nothing because sometimes doing something will help. Like walking to me whenever I'm feeling super congested, when I'm feeling super like just coffee and whatever, it opens everything up. It makes me actually feel better because it gives me those endorphins and endorphins make you happy and it makes you have a little bit more energy. And when you're sick, you're usually really low on energy. So I always ask myself, and that's the big thing, especially if you're going to make the commitment of 365 days of movement, you need to always be aware of how you're feeling and asking yourself, like what feels good today for movement? Like, don't feel like you have to be married to your calendar, like your workout calendar or your runs schedule or whatever the case may be. If you wake up one day and you feel like complete shit and you're like, you know what? All I can muster up is a walk today. Then just go do that walk, right? If you wake up and you feel like complete shit and all you really, you know, you're really sore, like go do a 30 minute foam roll, like show your body love because I promise you, you will feel a lot better doing that than just laying in bed all day. Because when you lie in bed all day, everything locks up. You just feel like crap. You feel really low on energy. And then it just keeps kind of like, snowballing to each day. Y'all, it just takes little mindset reframes and reshifts to be able to completely change your life. Like I kid you fucking not, like just changing your mindset a little bit to realizing that, you know what, like moving your body when you're sick is not showing like you're, is not, not showing your body love, right? It's not pushing yourself. It's not doing this. It's literally showing your body what it needs when it's feeling that way. Hold on. I need some water. All right, next question. What are some things you do slash tell yourself when you are in a fitness weight loss funk? So I literally have been in a plateau for what feels like a hot minute. Y'all know I don't weigh myself, so I don't know like weight loss wise how my plateau's been. Um, But I do know from like just how I've been like aesthetically, like how I look and also like my workouts and my performance, I feel like I've been in a plateau for a hot minute. And honestly, I was really fucking frustrated. And it's easy to get really fucking frustrated when you're in a plateau and when you're just feeling like you're not going anywhere. And so what I do personally is I always like to focus on the areas in my life that it are going right. So, right, like maybe my runs aren't getting faster and I'm not lifting more weights, but am I still like showing up with the same amount of energy? Am I still, you know, being consistent? Like I really like to focus on the things that are going good instead of the things that are not going good because and it's not going to like get you there any faster quitting. And so I always like to remind myself that also I'm like, Allie, you know what? The surefire way to not hit your fucking goal is to quit. The surefire way to go in the opposite direction is to quit. Like that's not what you want. That's not the solution to this plateau. That's not the solution to this funk. The only way to get through it is to work through it, right? You've got to walk through it. It's kind of like a tunnel when you're, you know, when you're going through on a road trip and there's a tunnel and it's super dark dark, you know, eventually you're going to get out of that tunnel. The weight loss plateau is that tunnel, you know, eventually, as long as you keep going forward, that tunnel is going to end. But the second you quit because you're feeling quote unquote defeated, or you feel like you're quote unquote, never going to fucking get there. Of course, you're never going to get there. If you fucking quit, like that's the surefire way not to get there because you're literally going to like park your car in the tunnel and be in the tunnel. Like, and there's no way you're going to get out when it's a parked car. Right. And so, and so just reminding yourself that 
this will not last forever. Like it will not last forever. When you look back, you're going to be so fucking happy that you pushed through the discomfort. You pushed through the plateau because eventually you will break through it. I remember on 75 hard, um, when I did it the first time, you know, I was weighing myself pretty frequently, like a couple times a week. And I always re- like remember just my scale going up before it ever went down. Right. Like I remember being so frustrated. I'm like, I am literally doing every single thing and I would gain a pound or two. And I had to remind myself, all right, Allie, well, you know, quitting and giving up is not going to get this to go in the right direction. But what I remember is literally after it went up, it always went down. And so just having that belief that you are doing what you need to be doing, you are working hard. It's just going to take time. There's only one of two reasons why you're not achieving your goals. It's either you haven't been doing it for long enough or you're actually not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So as long as you know you're doing what you need to be doing, it just means you need to do it a little longer to get through that plateau. Okay, next one, recommendations for desk job and getting more steps in. Already take breaks and walk around. So when I was working a desk job, I worked at State Farm. I was working like 10 hour days and I was in the car for 45 minutes a day. What I did was on my lunch break, I literally would eat and it takes 10 minutes for me to eat because I would eat something slow. And then I like eat something quick. And then I would walk during my lunch break. That's how I got a lot of my steps in during the day is I went outside and I got fresh air during my lunch break and walked. Um, and so it sounds like if you're already like taking time to walk around, I would set alarms on my thing. So like every 15 minutes, I, I would get up and like stretch, walk. I would walk around my office when I was on the phone. We had headsets. So I literally would do laps around my office um, when I was making calls and stuff like that. So that's a really good solution if you're in like a sales position job. But if you're in like a regular desk job where you can't leave your desk, then I recommend doing your lunch break and getting like a quick 20 minute, 15 minute walk in. It's really going to help just to wake you up and give you some energy. Um, what, um, meal prep inspiration. Honestly, all I fucking suck at meal prep. I'm terrible at it. I hate cooking. I really don't meal prep. I just always make sure I have quick, easy solutions. Um, I have not meal prepped in a very long time. Um, it probably would be helpful, especially during the summer, but honestly, I just don't have the desire to meal prep ever. And so what I do is I just make sure I have really easy solutions at home to eat. So I keep air fried chicken nuggets on hand. I keep a protein always. I always keep veggies that I can just like throw in a pan or in the air fryer. The air fryer is my bitch. She's my ride or die. I make fish tacos a lot, but I work at home and I never leave my house because I'm antisocial. And so that's a good solution for me. But if you do have to leave your house, I just always recommend asking you like, okay, don't try to do too much. Like whenever I worked full time, I would like take a Sunday and I would do eight hours of meal prep and I would be fucking exhausted. Eight hours is being a little exaggerant, but you know what I mean? Like a lot of hours and my kitchen would be a disaster. And then by like Wednesday, I was fucking over the food. So just know you and your body and know what feels good. So maybe, you know, a good meal prep solution for you at the beginning is just cooking more supper and like, packaging it up for lunch the next day. That's a really easy way that takes no prep. Maybe meal prep for you is cutting fruits and veggies and having them already baggied so you can like grab and go. Um, Just figuring out what feels good to you and what's not going to feel too daunting. A lot of people think they have to do the whole meal prep containers, meal prep, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they don't have to fucking do that shit. 
Like you don't. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to do all the extra shit. Just figure out your hardest meals, the ones that you usually binge on, the ones that you usually just say fuck it and go out and eat and prep those ones. Um, And then just have a lot of like quick, easy snack options readily available. Next one, body acceptance, body image. Honestly, I would love to give you like this is a step by step to help accept your body. But my from my experience, the only the best way to learn to accept your body and the best way to eventually learn to get to love your body is by showing it love, is by being nice to your body, is by treating it with love. That means fueling your body out of love. That means not eating out of punishment, but out of love. I'm eating the salad because I love myself. I'm not eating it because I'm punishing myself. I'm taking care and I'm working out because I want to better myself and I want to take care of myself versus I want to work out and do this shit because I hate myself. I want to change myself. You guys see that body, like that reframe. And then every time you look in the mirror, just like, don't be an asshole to yourself. The quickest way to start accepting your body is to stop being an asshole to yourself. Stop looking in the mirror and saying all the things you hate. Rather look into it and find the things that you can like accept or like or appreciate. And just know that it's not going to be a quick process, right? If you feel like shit every time you step on the scale, don't fucking step on the scale. If you feel like shit every single time you look in the mirror and pinch your fat, don't pinch your fat. Like there's things that you can do to avoid making yourself feel like shit. I feel like we are such like masochist or whatever that we just like want to punish ourselves because we just don't love ourselves right there. And the best way to get through it is to work through it. And just every day showing yourself love. And I will tell you, there is nothing that helps build more confidence in yourself and more love within yourself than doing the things that you said you were going to do and knowing that you're doing things with your best interest in mind. Like wearing clothes that fit really good, working out because you want to better yourself because you want to be healthy eating foods that make you feel good like nothing will literally change your idea of yourself than taking care of yourself have you ever realized like you'll be you'll start a new fitness journey and you'll be like crushing it for like a week and a half or whatever or a week and you're like feeling like a brand new bitch you just wake up and you just have a little more swagger to yourself right you just got a little a little bit more swagger it's because you're upholding the commitment you're making to yourself and you're taking care of yourself there's nothing really big physically different with your body from last week to this week the only thing different is how you took care of yourself and that just adds more confidence and self-belief which then makes you feel better about yourself and so that's the best way to accept yourself is to be honest with yourself, keep your best self in mind and, you know, keep fucking going. Next one. How did you finally start prioritizing yourself? Struggling mom of three here. Honestly, I stopped making fucking excuses and I started finding solutions. I stopped looking for the excuses and I started finding the solutions. You can only find one thing. You're either going to find excuses or solutions. It's what you're looking for. So like, for example, today it's the last day of school. I've got a mom duty every fucking forever. I knew I I needed to record this podcast. So I woke up before the sunrise and got my run in while the kids were sleeping, while Chris was here, before he went to work, I went and got my run in. If you wanted to, you would. And I know that's like a tough love alley thing, but at the end of the fucking day, y'all, you know, I am a mom of two. My kids are always home, you know, like I'm always busy with them. You know, I don't have a nanny. I don't have a babysitter. Like it's just me. I'm running a business. And so it's fucking hard for me too. And that's why I wake up at 5 a.m. It's fucking hard for me too. That's why, you know, I do it during nap time if I don't wake up, right? Like you can 
find the time. It's just, is it important to you or not, right? We all make time for the things that are important to us and prioritizing us. If it's important to us, feeling like we're taking care of ourselves, if it's important to us, then we should find a way. And it doesn't take a lot, like 20, 30 minutes every day to take care of yourself. Like get a treadmill and watch your favorite shows while you're walking on the treadmill, right? Like get at home workouts and do a quick little easy workout at home. Like sometimes when my kids are napping, I will literally just go outside and walk up and down my driveway to like just get out fresh air, get some movement in. Like anything will do. Stop feeling like you have to do these crazy long workouts or go to CrossFit or all these things. Like just find what works for you and your schedule and do that. But also realize that you're not making sacrifices by getting up before the kids. You're making an investment in you to be the best you possible. I have never, like I used to never be a morning person. Fuck, I still really don't like being up in the morning. But I realized when I got up and I took care of myself and I poured into me and I didn't start my day with my kids fighting and bickering and all that shit like I was such a better mom to them like (laughs) I had such more patience and so I make that investment because I know it makes me better which then makes me better for them right because y'all they don't deserve the rest of us they deserve the best of us and if we don't feel like our best they're just getting what we have left over and our kids don't deserve that our kids deserve the best mom possible All right, journal pumps for self-reflection. I don't journal, so that's not me. How do you push past a stagnant point slash get out of workout rut? I'm in one now. Um, If you're in a workout rut, the best thing you can do, like if your workouts, you're just dreading them, change them up. Go do something different. Literally, it's why I started running because I was so burnt out with just like the same workouts I was doing every single day. And so I was like, let me start running and see, you know, one, if I can actually do it because I never thought I could, but it also got me out and about. So like if you're feeling burnt out and you're doing like at-home workouts go and do a walk if you're feeling burnt out and you're doing crossfit like try doing yoga or something different like just change it up I feel like every time I change it up it adds like that new rejuvenation to my journey um do you run and do your body videos every day how do you balance the two forms I do not so I run four days a week um it just sometimes feels like I run every day because I usually batch them while my kids are at school um so I usually do like Monday through Thursday runs because that's the days my kids are at school um but during summer, it's going to be a little different, but no, I run four days a week and then I lift three to four days a week. And so two days I'll do like double. So I'll like do a lift in the morning and then a run in the afternoon. But at the beginning I would only run two days a week and I would lift four days a week. And so I really think it just depends on like how you are, where you're at in your journey and what time you have to commit to this. Um, if I'm training for a race, it's always four days a week. If I'm not, and I'm just like running for fun, it's three days a week. So it just like really depends on the season of life I'm in. And then I'll do like my body workout in the morning. And then in the afternoon I'll do a run or I'll do them back to back sometimes just depends. But no, I don't work out every single day. And I always always, always, always have a rest day in there. So one day is completely like geared towards rest where I'll 
go on a walk or I'll do a recovery. Um, how did you build the dedication to movement? Not just do it, but tangible tips. Okay. How did I build the dedication to movement? Um, I started slowly. So I started slowly. I started with just a couple days a week and really making sure that I did stuff that felt good. I didn't try to do too much too soon. I feel like that's where a lot of people fuck up. They go from not working out at all to then pushing themselves to work out five days a week. You're going to fucking quit because you're exhausted and it's doing too much too soon. But if you go from zero days to two days, it feels a lot more obtainable. It feels a lot more achievable and it gives you wiggle room, right? So then you do that for a little while, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. So that feels like, okay, I got this. Then you add another day. You go to three days, right? You do that until you're like, all right, I got this. I feel like I can do more. Then you go to four days, right? And it almost, you become addicted to the feeling of taking care of yourself. And that's how I've gotten to seven days a week because like, I just love the feeling of taking that time for me and really taking care of myself. Um, but it's a slow process, a very slow process. Sorry, my phone was clearly not on do not disturb. I would love to edit that out, but I have no idea how. Um, why is my husband calling me? So anyways, <laughs> squirrel. Um, but yeah, like just take it very, very slow habit stack. If you're going, if you're at zero days, go to one day. If you're at one day now, go to two days and then just keep adding until you feel like that's, that's where you're good at. Um, that's with just movement. Nutrition is the exact same way. Like I will focus on one thing at a time. Like I will focus on, okay, like veggies. I'm going to just add veggies right now. I'm going to add two servings of veggies. And it's just taking the slow and steady approach. I feel like so many of us get in a hurry because we feel like if we're doing it slowly, we're not going to get the results fast enough. Well, y'all, if you do it really fast and consistently, you're not going to get the fucking results fast enough either. So it's just Picking your poison, right? I'd rather have slow, consistent results than fast and consistent results any day. So I feel like I don't really know if that's the tangible tips you were looking for, but that's all I got for you. I just take the slow and steady approach one day at a time, one workout at a time. If I'm not feeling like doing it and I'm only working out three days a week, I just wouldn't do it then. And I would do it another day. And then eventually once I felt like I had that under control, then I worked on focusing on taking care of myself on those days. I didn't feel like doing it. So I would tell myself, all right, Allie, we're just going to start the workout. We're going to do 10 minutes. And if after 10 minutes, you don't feel like fucking doing this anymore, you can end it nine times out of 10. I never did that. It was just the fact that I didn't want to put my sneakers on and go out. It was the fact that I didn't want to press play. But once I did, I was like, well, I'm already here. I only have 20 minutes left. Might as well fucking finish it, right? So you kind of get in that frame. So I always say, you know, start it and say, commit to 10 minutes. And if after that 10 minutes, you still absolutely don't want to do it, don't force yourself to do it. Um, okay, last question. What was your first day on your health journey like? What was your... I don't really know. So your first day on your health journey. Well, that was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> um, and I feel like I've had a lot of first days because I've been like fitness and dieting for the last 15 years, it feels like. But I can remember like my last my last first day. So Riley was a year and a half old. Um, she had asked me to come sit on the floor and play with her and I did not want to do it. I told her no. And I knew at that point putting her first and like always prioritizing herself and putting myself on the back burner was actually putting her last. And so I decided to write then and there, like I was going to sign up for these at home workouts and I was going to just do it. Like I was just going to figure it out, um, along the way. And I just remember being so scared. Like I was so afraid of failing 
going again. I was so afraid of giving up on myself. But that time I just said, quitting is not an option. Like it doesn't matter how many times I fall down. Like you are not allowed to quit on yourself, Allie. And so once I like drew that line in the sand and said, you're not allowed to quit on yourself. It really was, it was not a pretty journey. It was bumpy, ugly. I've had many ups and downs and turns. I've had many different kind of day ones in my phases, but I just kind of was steadfast in that belief that Allie, you cannot quit on yourself. Like just do not quit on yourself. No matter what, no matter how hard it is, no matter how many times you fall, just promise you're going to get up again. And I feel like when I reframed my mind to that and knew that I was going to let myself down sometimes, I was going to fall sometimes, I was going to struggle sometimes, but quitting was just not an option. It just... I don't know. It, it made it a lot more obtainable for me. So that's really all I got. Okay. So that is all your questions. I hope this was helpful. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, but I also, I hope that it gives you faith to let you know, like if I can do it, anybody can do it. Y'all, I am nobody special. Like I am not doing anything crazy over here. I'm just a mom trying to make sure she takes care of herself every day. And doing what feels best for me on that specific day. So anyways, if this episode was helpful for you, if you enjoyed the Ask That Bitch segment, like let me know, DM me, let me know. Like I like this, let's do this more frequently. Um, share it to your stories. I always love to see your guys' like quotes and your big takeaways. And then also if you could do me a solid and go leave a five-star rating review, it really does help us reach reach more people. And that's all I want to in the podcast. So anyways, all right. In the show notes, links to my supplements, link to the bad bitch book club will be in there and anything else you might need. So I'm going to leave you like I leave you every single time in a world full of bitches. Be that bitch. Bye y'all.